Okay, we're on air. Here we go. Part two. I know you guys have all been waiting for this. Here we are, opening day. Central Indiana is sunny, but it's like 30 degrees. It's opening day. Balmy opening day. Ah, the juices are flowing, Jay. You know, I was just listening to 700 WLW on the way here Uh in Cincinnati, and they're... uh, Todd Frazier was on the air interviewing oh with gosh. them, and uh, I was getting really excited, man. I, next year, I got to go to Cincy and see the parade. I got to see the opening day parade next year. They have a Never parade? done that. For they have a day? parade. Oh. Yeah. It's a big deal in Cincinnati, yeah. I wish we could have an MLB team here in Indianapolis. Oh, man. I really do. But that's, that's a conversation for another day. Uh, guys, this is Jason and Jay. Here we are. Fantasy Baseball Advocates back. We're back. Back, baby. I know you guys have been waiting for this, so we thought opening day would be a special time to do another episode. <sighs> and Ow. so much time has passed between the draft and now. The dust has settled completely. So much has happened. So a, a couple things we're going to go over in this show is we got some special guests that we're going to talk to. And... Um, we're going to obviously give our draft observations, you know, what we think about some things that stood out to us. Uh, we're, we might do a little biased, opinionated power ranking, which don't kill us for or or love us for. We got to we gotta put our opinions out there. and Yeah, let's just criticize. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Uh, just got to have some real harsh... And maybe we'll wrap this show up with a little contender versus pretender, but first... Here in just a little bit, we're going to have our first first guest. Um, so, so talking about the uh, draft observations, Jay, I, I, I got to ask you, what? give me two things that really jumped out at you after everything was said and done, the dust settled, and, and you, not player-wise, but team-wise, do you feel like there was any team that really, like, just surprised you with maybe a pick or two or that was like, wow, something that wowed you? Well, uh, it goes back to, you know, one of the best parts of the draft for me was the was the uh, end of the first round and the, and the second round. I mean, there were, there were some surprises there. Um, I don't know if anybody... I mean, I guess what one of the big things that surprised me was, you know, it, it there was no way that you could predict what was going to happen at the end of that first round and kind of going into the second round. I went through every possible scenario in my mind, you know, because I had so many picks in that area too. Obviously, I was thinking of every possibility, and uh, but the but the fact is, there was just there was no way you could predict how that part of the draft was going to go. Jay, um, I, I must say. Not everybody was excited for this part of the draft, but sure. this had to have been excited for you because you basically tanked last year and I had seven picks on the first two <laughs> rounds. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, yeah, it was exciting. I mean, and to to go to go to the that was you know the first two rounds. Obviously, the best part of the draft for me, the end of the first round, the second round, that was the best part of the draft for me. The worst part of the draft was for me was. When it was over, because to be honest with you, there was no celebration. There was no resting in what I had done. I went immediately, my mind went to, how can I get better? Where are the holes? There I'm was glad, no rest time. I'm glad you bring that up, because that's a feeling I've had several times before. And it's really weird. We have such anxiety, like good emotional, like waiting six months for this draft to come everybody's excited it happens and it's like a balloon's deflated and all of a sudden you're like moving on like right away i would say so yeah and the few days leading up to it it was like let's just get this thing going man let's just get this thing kind of not over with but but having said that the draft itself was was very exciting i mean it was it was well worth the wait um, but to answer your qu- your your original question, so we're looking at the end of the first round. I mean, was it surprising that Bird Law took Jacob Degrom with pick number twelve in the draft? No, I wouldn't say it was surprising or shocking, but 
here we are and, and bird love publicly wishing, wanting that maybe he w- would have made a different well, pick. And having said that, so, and after that, and then you've got a series of picks that it, it could have gone many different ways. Maybe you could have figured out looking at a certain team's chemistry, what were they going to do? Because that, that's really looking in depth. I want to say but, something here. If, if you listen to the first podcast, we predicted that. I feel like it was perfect. Um, I wouldn't touch DeGrom with a well, 10 Well, didn't foot we say pole. he was going to take Aaron Nola? And he said no, 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 he no, was no, not no, going to no, take no, Aaron Nola. No, we said he was the team perfectly built to take that risk. Um, if DeGrom pitches, let's say if you listen to the group chatter from yesterday – I, we did the over-under. I th- yeah, I threw out 105 innings, and I feel like I'm being gracious saying that. I think you're really I mean, What close. do I know? I but think 105 the is the magic Red number. Bird made a comment. If you get DeGrom at 105 innings, he's probably a top 30, 40 pitcher. Because he probably gives you 155, 160 strikeouts in 105 innings with excellent ratios. This has sunk in so hard for me the last few years that I have I have embraced, and it's been a while. Like I finally embraced that these guys are worth the risk, and that they ultimately that you if you can stomach it and if you can justify it for your club that these guys are worth the risk, and they when they are healthy they are the best, and you just have to accept that. I just feel like... With pitchers especially. I agree. And I I just feel like this was the perfect place for DeGrom to go without being insulted. Yeah. Because yeah. he goes to a team... I feel like if you look at Birdlaw's roster, it is the most stars and scrubs roster I've seen in four years in this league. I Like, like you're either like a primo like top 50 player or you're a post 300 player. And I feel like his team is built. I think built. he's working to balance that out a little bit, probably yeah. as we speak. Um, <laughs> so not not to make this about bird law or that, that was a very interesting spot. I would like to talk about um, some of these players that fell. So... Some player I noticed that kept falling and falling and falling, but I just I didn't quite pull the trigger before I block out. Yeah. Now everybody knows he hurt. Yeah. But second base isn't the strongest position this year, and to get Polanco where was it Cajun? Yes. Okay. To yes. get Polanco where Cajun guy in. Amazing. Uh, yeah. That was one of the big themes of the draft for me. Maybe the biggest was players that fell. Because of injury, and he's one of those uh, big names there. Um, so I'm just going to put a few names out there, the guys who fell because of injury. So <clears throat> I drafted uh, Tony Gonsolin in the 16th round. Um, sixth round, that's not bad. Si- yeah. You know, there's sixth somebody, and I'm not going to name a name. And Is it the 6th round? Is it the 14th round, the 16th round? It's actually the 14th round of like a standard, you know, like a, a so redraft. So right? the 4th so, or the 6th? Well, what I'm saying is we have our top eight yeah. keepers, right? And that's like the way, like you always yeah. say, you know, that those those NA players are actually probably the, the end of the draft, right? I would but, definitely say his his uh, injury dropped his draft stock a little bit. Oh, absolutely, yeah. But here's the thing. I, I'm glad you pointed this out, Jay. But if you look at your team, I'm kind of disappointed in your pitching. You were so to a fault for your offense, and rightfully so. I think you've got the best offense top to bottom. You know, yeah. that's just an opinion. Um, I... I, but I understand that, that being said, like I really do think your pitching could be exploited. I mean, talk to me about that. Coming away with just Zach Wheeler after all those picks. Yeah. yeah and then was, on top of that, Luis Severino's already hurt. Yeah. I mean, you've got to be feeling like. Absolutely. Like, I'm feeling it in a big way. If I can get all those guys healthy, I think I might have just enough. Um, and this has always been, you know. Um, Luke and Jake have, or or at least Luke has has dubbed me in the past the Colorado Rockies. 
of the fantasy Premier League because I, I never had the pitching. Um, and when I won the championship, I did have absolutely had the pitching. And then I had to move on from Carlos Rodon and Zach Wheeler, who I now have back on my team. But yeah, I, I, I feel good about my bullpen. Um, you, Jose Leclerc, who is a, a cherry bomb by your, <laughs> you've, you've labeled a cherry bomb, which he kind of is, but I think he's outright basically closer. So I've got two good ones, but yeah, it, it's, there might be more to come there. I might have to make a turn there. But yes, I had to go hitting. I had to take Lewis Robert, who fell, to pick 17, 18. I had to do it. I had to go with hitting. I, I wanted to come away from the first two rounds with five hitters and two pitchers. I had to go with six hitters and one pitcher. It's just the way the cookie crumbled. Um, Jay, just giving you a hard time. Your team looked really good, but we're all going to try and explain your pitching. Absolutely. So that being said, I I would like to take our first uh, opportunity to bring a guest onto the show. Now, Jay and I have talked about this for a while, and you know we really want to grow this show. You know, amongst the busyness of our life, we may only be able to do this every three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, whatever. But hopefully, you guys all enjoyed this. So a little fun twist is. Um, is we're going to uh, bring some people on, interview them, talk to them, just have casual conversations about fantasy baseball. Uh, so, guys, it's time. Hey, it's time for the Commissioner's Corner. Yes, this segment of the show is called the Commissioner's Corner. And I Jake, would like to are welcome. you with us? I'm with you. Let me turn you up a little bit. Okay. Commissioner Jake, welcome to Fantasy Baseball Advocates. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. Pretty exciting. Big so, day. Yes. It is a big day. We're all excited. So you remind me, you live in the Tampa area, right? Naples, like Fort Myers. Okay, so what's the weather there like right now? You really want to know? I mean, yeah. it's like probably low 80s, sunny. <laughs> you Freaking suck, man. And you're not underwater right now. Well, I mean, we get the low 80s and sunny, but we did have a Category 5 hurricane that was kind of impactful. So you get what you get. You know what I mean? Yes. So, you know, Jason and I were just talking about, before we, he's going to ask you a couple questions, but we were just talking about the draft and some of our observations, and we were just talking about players who fell because of injury, or maybe some other things, and one of the players on my list is somebody that you drafted in the 17th round, Austin Meadows, and, you know, talk about, it's it's just falling in general, right? Austin Meadows was like the second pick of the draft a year or two ago, okay? And here we are in 2023, you drafted him in the 17th round. Can you, I mean, tell us how you feel about that. I mean, it was partly because of injury, you know, but it's partly because of where he is now and everything. So how do you feel about that one? Well, I mean, usually I craft my teams like, with upside plays, young players, but I felt like a lot of those players got gobbled up this year. It was a little weird draft for me. A lot yeah. of times on, on the clock, guys got gobbled up a couple picks prior and sent me scrambling. So you kind of go to the secondary playbook, which is younger guys that have shown the propensity to have success. Uh, in the league, I try to build my roster with trying to get as many top 100 players as possible. Yeah, Meadows has certainly been that before, and he had, you know, a lot of problems in his first year in Detroit. He was hurt, and he had some, you know, mental illness problems or whatever they said, and ended up getting his season shut down. The talent's there. Uh, he certainly showed that with the Rays. So, how do I feel about it? I feel like I need backups <laughs> to make sure that that flies i mean uh jake i gotta ask you a couple questions here did you plan on drafting austin meadows or was he just a guy that potentially this guy falls he's an option i'm not planning on it we'll just see how the draft plays itself out kind of the second thing right like i i practice the drafts 
I, I know a lot of players that I want in a certain slot. And if those players aren't there, you move to the next guy. And so, you know, I knew early on in the draft that corner outfield was going to be pretty light as you move forward. The options weren't great there. A lot of people kept a lot of players, and then there was a lot of elite players that went at the top of the draft. So you're just trying to find value or people that can return value on the draft pick. So Meadows fit there. You know, like I said, he's still pretty young. He's still in his early prime. It's just whether he can rebound back from I agree with you. Hey, um, again, thank you so much for being on the show. Not to talk about Austin Meadows all the time. So <laughs> I, I do got – I got an interesting question. I'll trade him right now on this podcast if you want. <laughs> You'll trade him for who? Uh, we're going to have to open up the line next time. Uh, so, Jake, okay. So you and Luke have co-commissioned this league for several years, several years before I was ever a part of it. Um I want to ask you, going into opening day 2023, how do you feel about the competitiveness of the league now versus 2017, 2015, 2010, 2005? Used to be a lot easier for me to win. I, I mean, I haven't won one in 12 years or whatever it is. It's been a while. And look, we've come a long way i mean this league was just a, a league that we threw out on yahoo and you know the first year or two i think it was an 18 team league and we had all kinds of random people that have come and gone over the years i mean guys yes. like cajun i don't know brian personally he just we got him in the league a long time ago and we've connected through it and you know he's hung around and you know, Jay's been around for a long time. There's been guys like Oz and uh, Houston K's and yes. all these kind of guys in the back in the day. So it came from that sort of kind of league all the way to a pay league, to a keeper league, to paying a little bit more money league. And then this year, you know, pretty proud. The last two years, we haven't had any turnover in team managers. All the dues got paid early this year. I think we're... You know, this is something worth continuing, obviously. And, you know, Luke and I put a lot of thought in what we're doing and how we're doing it to try to make it as balanced as possible so that we're not tilting things towards one side or another, but rewarding things that we feel like are important, such as quality and those kind of things. I don't think you can run a a fantasy baseball league for money for 20 plus years without you know, being open-minded and not rigid. I think that's really the biggest thing that me and Luke have tried to do. So as far as the competitive balance is concerned, I mean, you know, I don't know. I mean, I look around at the draft and, you know, Jay had a lot of draft picks, you know, he ranks pretty highly there, but I had that last year that didn't work out for me. Yeah. So you've got a bunch of teams that have differing levels there. Uh, I mean, there's a few teams that I think got a lot of work to do. And then I think there's a few teams, 10 or 12, that if things break the right way, they could really win. So, Yeah, it didn't work out for Italian hitmen last year either. And uh, yep. there's other examples. But uh, And I'm so glad that you mentioned some of the people that have come and gone. Because I think when, you, when we have you back on, we, we might have to highlight some of those people. Because I would just love to hear like <laughs> what you know, what you remember about some of the you know, public league people that came and gone. There was an, there was Yvette, there was an event oh, yeah. you know, in the league. And, and uh, so I, I, I want to talk to you more about that another time. Because there was I, another lady named Mama's Boys who... What? <laughs> you know, yeah, she lived in she lived in like Brooklyn, New York, and she had one leg. That's for real. So, I mean, there's been a lot of characters that have come and gone. Absolutely interesting. interesting. <laughs> awesome. Contractors, you yeah. know, boots. So, boots, <laughs> I should say, just one boot. Jake, I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I want to wish you luck on your on your quest this year. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, boys, good luck to you. Super excited to start getting some stats today. Yes, stats. Um, hopefully, so, uh, Bellinger and Jacob and uh, Jacob Turner. Yeah, hopefully they don't collide on the base pass for you. <laughs> and you're, uh, well, 
your season gets it, off to a better start. You never know. Austin Meadows probably blows his Achilles today. So uh, yeah, both both of them, <laughs> both of them were hurt. Um, I just hope Bellinger gets on base. Period. Me uh, too. <laughs> Me too. All right, Jake. Enjoy the weather down there in Naples. All right, guys. Have a good one. You too. You too. Bye. See and ladies and gentlemen, that was our first commissioner corner. Oh, that was great! Oh, yeah. He he mentioned the those names that I that I wanted to ask him all along. So that was great. So, we where got, does that leave us, Jason? We got a little bit of a little bit of leeway to go here. Um, who else fell because of injury? Mitch Haniger. Oh, you drafted him in the twenty-first round, Jason. I was shocked. Can you believe to see that him on the board? Can you believe that? Uh, no, I can't. I couldn't. Okay, look, not not to toot my horn here, because I'm not very happy with some of the picks I made at that part in the draft. I don't know a lot of people that are, but please, somebody tell me, Mitch Haniger, even with his injured self. If Mitch Hanniger's never fully healthy, I mean, I, I think he's arguably a top 120 player. In his injured self, he's at least a top 175 player if he's a three-quarter year player. How does he fall to me at pick three? It was 325 or 328. There, That's almost inexcusable. It and I, I could have been a culprit too. The only reason I knew he was there is because I veered off my queue to look to see who was available, and there he was. I made two picks right before that. I mean, <laughs> but, and you and I both had him last year in different leagues, and so we both felt the hurt. Um, we, you know, we both felt the hurt of missing him uh, on our rosters, but you were willing to, to go back to Mitch Hanniger. Uh I commend you for that pick. Look, I'm not here to bench bat. I got Giancarlo Stanton, who everybody needs to plan at least two 15-day IL stints a year for Absolutely. that guy. So they, my, my hope is that you when they're Stanton's talking hurt, about Hanniger's running back in. out there in the outfield. Oh, Dude. my God. Please don't. You, t- you said these. This, this You're sure he's not happy about that. Who, I'm sure Giancarlo Stanton is not happy about that. Who is a worse defender in the outfield, Eloy Jimenez or Giancarlo Stanton? Who scares you most? Who scares me the most? Um, I think I think that Stanton, at this point in his career, it's like you said, he might not be happy about that. I don't think that's probably a good thing. But you know, so but right now, opening day, they're projected to have, uh, you know, some websites are projecting DJ LeMahieu to be the DH. You know, so th- so there you go. They want him in the outfield some days, I think. It's not going to be 60 games like they said. That's a crazy projection. Yeah. But but I think that it, with him, it's more of a fit thing. With Eloy Jimenez, it's like you can't let that guy get hurt out there for your team. I mean, I guess it's the same thing with Stanton, but Jimenez is younger and he's got more of his career ahead of him. And they're scared. Like, I, you know, I, I don't know. That's a good question. It really is. Uh, another name I'm just going to throw out there, Kenta Maeda, drafted in the 19th round. Now, Kenta Maeda, he's probably not going to pitch as many innings this year. He did no, not throw it all. Up, Tommy John usually does. But, right. He didn't throw it all in 2022. He's a full but he's year fully recovered. plus removed from it. He's, yes. He's ready to go. So That's can he throw 105 innings? Can he throw 110 innings? Oh, that's a good question. I think, here you go. We're going to do a little session later on called Bold Predictions. So I don't want to give it away, but I'll have something. You just gave me a good thought, Jay. Okay. Let, let's take this to, all right, let's just let's just get into it. We're going to do a little power ranking session here. I don't know if we're going to be able to talk to Isotopes. No? I think it's too late. He's got important work stuff that he's got to do. You're he's playing? he's gonna be our Matt Damon that keeps getting pushed. Were you playing at Dominic stuff? Well, I was, but I just think it's too late. He's got work stuff that he's got to do. Nah, it's all right. I think we need to feature Isotopes in the next episode. We can just dog his team in the rankings. Yeah, <laughs> but I think we need to have an extended talk with Isotopes in our next podcast. Jay, it sounds like you and Isotopes got something personal going on. 
You well, for those of you that don't know, isotopes and I go oh way gosh. back. Chad and I have been good friends since grade school, so yeah, there's some history there. And I'm just gonna. Chad is the leisure sports king, guys. Okay, I can't beat Chad in tennis. I can't beat Chad in. It's not really a leisure sport, but I can't beat Chad in chess. I can't beat Chad in so many things. Fancy baseball is the ultimate equalizer. I think the the playing field is leveled between he and I in that uh, category, and that's that's a beautiful thing. Jay, why don't you keep on rambling on? I'm doing a little business here. <laughs> I'm find out. Here's well, a little bit. All right, let's just call him because let's just call him because he's got he's got ten minutes. I think he's got ten minutes. He can talk to us. I. Again, I would have to say, it sounds like you really want to get him on the show. I really want to get him on here. We might have to bring him on the next one, too. Hey, buddy. Hey, I'm so sorry. We're, like, cutting into your... We don't want to cut into your work time. You got a few minutes to talk? We already cut into Jake's work time. We already cut into Jake's work time. What the hell's wrong with us? You know, we're... Guys, we have another special guest on the air. It's Isotopes. Isotopes, sorry, can you hear us? Yeah, man, am I the 10th caller? I've been trying to get these Speedwagon tickets for three years. Well, uh, you're actually the second guest we've had on today, so I thought you were going to ha- be our Matt Damon and get cut short, but um, <laughs> we, really wanted, we really wanted to get you. We might have to get you in person the next time. That's what I really wanted to do. I do have a face for radio. Look, hey... I've been wanting to ask you this question for four years. I love your team name. Please tell me you got it from The Simpsons. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Jay is fully aware of my love for The Simpsons and the insane amount of tattoos that I have of The Simpsons. Chad is covered in Simpsons tattoos, if you guys did not. Well, I'm sure most of the guys I, in the league did not know that. Well, I'm you know, I did see you had some very interesting tats, uh... Like a couple months ago when you were talking about them. Though, do you have any, like, baseball tattoos? Um, Our friend Andy, who was in the league for, what, one year, has a a Cubs tattoo. He does. (laughs) What was his team name? Coleslaw Gang? No, I stole that. Did I steal that from him? I don't know what that one was. I can't remember what his team name was. But, hey... I got another question for you. I I want to can, can you tell us a little bit? Can can you tell us just a little bit about your team history and philosophy? I mean, what one of the things that has always stood out to me about your club is you have always had which I haven't had over the years many times is a large stable of pitching. You have always you have always had enough pitching and strikeout and win potential. Can you can you talk a little bit about that and just maybe some of your other philosophies of your club? Yeah, I mean that's that's exactly it. I mean hitting, you know, hitting is what it is, and you know you can grab the players that you can and do your best there. But with with pitching, there's so many options out there, and even grabbing like middle relievers that you know are going to eat up innings and get you strikeouts. Um, and a lot of times even come away with a win, um, you know, just playing that give and take, you know, do I want to sacrifice my ERA to get the strikeout categories and then wins and make sure that you hit your innings. But I'm constantly watching free agents. I mean, I, I grabbed Spencer Strider last year when he was, you know, 1% owned and just coming in in like the fifth and sixth inning. And, you know, now he's... So yeah. trying to find guys like that that you can grab early and kind of beat the Funkhausers to them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot easier to find guys like that than it is to you know find a breakout hitter that is owned. Absolutely. Um, same thing for me with Carlos Rodon. You know, a guy who was one percent owned at the beginning of the season a couple years ago, and and turned into that. And you're absolutely right. You. With pitching, like if you can find those guys, you can you can make your club so much better. So um, <clears throat> let's talk a little bit about the draft. Um, how do you feel about your team after the draft? 
Where where is your head at right now going into the season? Well, I was in a tough spot. I mean, you know, I can't really drop Bryce Harper. Um, right. So, but you know, I had to keep him, and then you know, I lost a couple other keepers, one for the season and one for half the year. So. I had a plan going into the draft. Uh, you know, I was going to use some of my pitching for trade bait afterwards, and that kind of fell through when I lost Edwin Diaz. So, you know, I was basically just trying to do my best with the draft, get what I can. Um, I always looked at, like, I'm never confident in my draft results, and that's why I never typically will trade before the season starts. Um, and I'm I put more stock into the free agent market than I do with the draft. Very smart. It's an so, important part of, you know, just managing your team. You've got to, you've got to understand the value of the free agent market. So, yep. Isotopes. I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta warn you. Like, we're gonna do a little session later in the power rankings. You can't hold it against us. If we got you lower on in the rankings, but. Sometimes I feel like, in myself included, because I was in this situation last year, like it's fun to kind of be dogged in the rankings and to see what you could do. What What is your game plan going into this year? Obviously, you're going to play the market, but you you had a a lack of capital to really make an impact at the top of the draft. Look, I I'm no stranger to being ranked near the bottom. I mean, I think last year for most of the year, you know, when Jake would post these uh, estimated rankings, I was at the bottom all year, and I ended up, you know, finishing the season first overall. Mm. So yes, I don't put a lot, of, a lot of thought into that. Um, that happens to me every year, and I think with just the way that I can find these players that I know are going to end up making an impact, um, that that's what matters. So, yeah, bring on the low rankings. Can you talk to us for a minute? about the World Baseball Classic and, and the impact it's had on your team. I'm just going to say before, I'm a, and then I'm going to give you the floor, you know, just for me, I, as a fan of baseball, like, and it's it's been a few days now, and it's it, the dust has settled, and I'm, like, calm now, but I was actually upset. Like, I was upset with the situation. As a baseball fan, I was upset that we were going to lose Edwin Diaz for the season. And it was a little different feeling with Jose Altuve, but tell tell us your thoughts on this. Yeah, I mean, the World Baseball Classic was awesome to watch. By the way, though, I mean, it was it was so fun, and I am all for it. With the two injuries between Altuve and, and Diaz, I mean, the the World Baseball Classic was a little more televised and watched. So obviously, injuries happen in, in spring training that you don't really typically see, you know nationwide but sure. it still, hurt, still hurts and you still can lose guys that way um that was kind of how i thought of it with with the altuve situation with diaz it just seemed like it was a wildly unnecessary injury it was irresponsible of the team and yeah. that sucks for him um so yeah i mean i had both of those guys and they were both very different injuries that kind of resulted in me having to scramble and figure out a new game plan Literally in the last minute. Man, I got to tell you, watching it, you you can see, I feel like you could see the look on his face from the very beginning. He did not want those guys crowding him, jumping on him. And I could feel his emotion of like, get off of me kind of thing. So yes, it was, it was hard. It was frustrating to watch. Yep. But, you know, that's just, that's the game. So like, I was listening to another podcast the other day and like, the World Baseball Classic was awesome. Um, like, people get hurt in spring training games. Like, so the people out there that argue that this was dumb to be playing this tournament, especially before the season, it's irresponsible, I think their argument's invalidated because if they think about it, most major leaguers when they're in spring training, like, it's a mixed pack. They've got double-A and triple-A pitchers pitching to them, you know? Like, you can't tell me that some of these 19, 20-year-old kids aren't going to, like, have a chance to injure some of the game's best stars. It's Absolutely. Just, it's just what it is, you know? So there's risk any time. But you know? put yourself in the owner's shoes. And do you think, is there going to be some backlash from, from the baseball owners? 
I don't after think this. So. You don't I, think so? I don't think so. I think something's going to happen, Jason. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you look at like the Mets, uh, you know, they, they end up giving this insurance money so they, they can, you know, be refunded for that. But right. it, it still takes, it takes the best closer out of the game and diminishes their chances at a deep run. So, you know, while it's, while I'm sure that the owners are at least somewhat relieved that they aren't losing that money, it's a bigger impact to, you know, the game, the fans, the, the merchandise they're going to sell. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. it's a huge impact. And, you know, I, seeing those injuries, you first think like, okay, they shouldn't have even been playing in this. This sucks. And I kind of realized that was more of a selfish reaction. I mean, I just lost these guys from my fantasy team and that sucks. But, but looking at it from their perspective, the amount of pride that they probably took in playing for their country, you know, how heavily televised it was, how exciting it was to watch. I'm sure they had a blast. Um, So it's more of a selfish take that, you know, I couldn't get anything out of them from my team. But, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the actual season is impacted by these injuries. Uh, I feel the exact same way. I had the same kind of emotional response to it. Well, Chad, I, I think, you know, I think you, it's early, season's long. I think, you know, Altuve is going to come back around sometime mid-May. You'll have a chance to recoup. Uh I, I also I also know that you've been in the league for a long time, so you know what you're doing. I, I wish you nothing but the best. Thanks for being on the show. I I hope I hope your season goes well. I hope you guys do awful. I appreciate it. <laughs> no problem, man. Take care. Thanks, guys. Bye bye. Bye. Alright. Okay. Gosh, two two special yeah, guests. Yeah, two special oh, guests. I know. We're on this. Success. Okay. Alright, so is sweet. Here we go. This is what you've all been waiting for. Jay and Jason's Power Rankings Edition 1.0. Now, take this with a grain of salt because the season's technically not even started. But we, we got to give you guys some material to go off of. So so Jay and I have talked several times and, and we, we kind of laid out in our head the landscape of the league. So we're going to play a little game here. We're going we're to power rank these teams. And the power rankings aren't necessarily us saying we feel like this the team that's going to win it at the end. It's, we feel like as it stands right now, this is where we feel like these teams are. And I got to lean on you a little bit on this one because t- after the draft, your, your forecasts of the league, your uh, knowledge of the teams and their rosters is – I don't know. It, it might be matched by someone, but I have to say, you know, I, I mean, I can some of it I can I can do from memory, but man, Jason, Jay, I can't. You got this league's number right I now. I don't know if you can take it, how much you can take advantage of it, but I can't lead the league in trades every year without examining everybody's roster <laughs> that is top true. to bottom a million times over. <laughs> but, and I do too. I just I I can't recall it as well as you can, but I mean, if I go back to it, then I get the flavor. I think of we each agree team. that if you just go back to the group chatter and look at Jake's fantasy pros prediction, that that's very accurate. I I feel like there's a lot of. Can we pull that up? Do you have that? That's okay. I can tell you based on top of my head what a lot of it. Not one like for I one. Said. Not tick for tack. If you want to pull it up, you can. But I'd say, like I said, we're going to start on the bottom. I, I think there's four teams that have a lot more work to do than the rest of us. Some of these four teams have a lot more work to do due to the fact that they had so much success last year and they sold off a lot of their picks so they didn't have many high picks to start with. Some of these teams are just hot in the crosshairs of a potential rebuild. Um... So I would like to identify the four teams I'm speaking of in no particular order are Backcountry, Isotopes, Pokes, and Shirtless Ron Gant. Would you agree, Jay, that those that those four teams probably have a lot more work to do than the other 12? I, I To a large extent, I do. But I have to say that after the draft, looking at Backcountry's roster, I felt that he did a really good job of reconstructing after the draft and some of the trades that he made. And, you know, one of my, you know, predictions was, was 
you know, on, on the first podcast was that he had a chance to, to repeat, to make it back to the championship. And, uh, you know, and that was maybe I wasn't factoring in some of the moves that were in the process of being made. But I have to say that I feel like he he's he's put back together a pretty good roster. Um, but so I think he has he's verging on, you know, being in the top eight. He's got a nice one-two punch right there at the top of the rotation. And then you follow that up with Tristan McKenzie. So you got Bieber, Julio Urias, followed by Tristan McKenzie. Um, Jay, and there's a couple other did, names there. We got to talk about this, though. It's a long season. I While I do think that there's a scenario where backcountry makes it back to the playoff, he's obviously a very experienced manager. I have to respectfully disagree with you on this. Um, he is Bieber is definitely more right finesse. You know, Bieber is more finesse than we sometimes I think like to think. There's not. I I don't see him as a power pitcher. He doesn't have the power in the game. We're talking about. So you got two guys at the top, but yeah. he throws a good amount of strikeouts. But okay. So so again, not to pick on any one particular team, but the the reason I would say. That he has a lot more work to do is not so much his one two like his pitching's good, they're beat up now. Mm-hmm. Kyle Wright and Tristan McKenzie are out. Mm-hmm. Tristan McKenzie's going to be out for probably the first two months, and Kyle Wright. Well, that's a big loss. Mid April's what they're saying, but he's already getting cortisone injections. Uh, and yeah. here's the thing: I, that I was staying away from him in the draft because of the, those issues were already. Did Kyle Wright just have one of those R. A. Dickey like seasons last year where it was a, like an anomaly, and then he's going to regress? Who knows? I I mean, he's not a knuckleballer. I think he's a little bit more polished. Uh, he's younger. He's but younger. Atlanta's got so many options that rotation. I can see the bottom falling out with him. They've got Ian Anderson pitching in the minors right now, yeah. right? So yeah, it's it's like a it's a rotation that it's bigger than the than the five guys, right? You're gonna have probably some guys up and down dealing with injuries. Look, I'll give back country this. He's gonna win steals most weeks. But looking at his lineup, who is who strikes fear? When you we're, we have to do these power rankings based off something, and we look on paper, who get his his opening day lineup right now? Blake Sable starting at catcher, Nate Lowe at first base, Andres Jimenez the second, Jose Miranda at third, Javier Baez at short, Stephen Kwan at left, Lars Newborn at center, Teoscar Hernandez at right, and Estuary Ruiz at eighth. Now, if this was an actual baseball team. I'd say, ooh, this is going to be a fun team to watch. But as a fancy baseball team, he's got some very talented players here. But he does. Who strikes strikes fear on you? Teoscar? Teoscar's bipolar. Yeah. I mean. And he's probably, him and Nate Lowe are his best power. Right. Players. Yeah. You got to hope that those Miranda. guys drive in runs. You got to hope that Miranda drives in runs, stays healthy, you know, uh, solidifies his role on the team, which I, he, I think he's pretty much done it's not like he's going to uh i don't think lose out on a lot of playing time in 2023 because someone else is gonna um show him up but you gotta there's hope involved you've got to hope that he has a full season and drives in runs hits home runs i I can't argue with you same with javier baez right you're hoping for 20 home runs you're hoping for 80 some rbis on a tigers team I'll give you a bold It's going to pre- be better than they I'll were. I'll give you a prediction. So I'm placing him in the bottom four in my initial power ranking. He's 13. But I would be willing to bet that he finishes higher than 13th place at the end of the year. At, can we agree on that? I agree with that. Okay. I would okay. bet money on that, that he finishes higher than that. Okay, so moving on. And you know he's going to make some moves throughout the course of the season. We know that Chuck is going to make some moves. Yes. He's not done making moves. I no, can tell you that. Absolutely not. I agree <laughs> with you. So moving on, then we, we come into a territory where – have you pulled up Jake's fantasy pros? Yeah, yeah, I got the So races. this is very interesting because there's so much parity from 1 to 12. And I, I'm just going to read this list off based off his fantasy pros. 
Uh, Fantasy Pros identifies Paleskins at 12, Redbird at 11, Stitches at 10, Hitman at 9, Kicking Dirt at 8, Birdlaw at 7, Eagle Ridge at 6, Myself at 5, Imperial at 4, Funked Up at 3. I don't agree with that whatsoever. Cajun at 2, and you at 1. So, um, Let's go tick for tack here. We're, we're, we're going to go one for one from 12 all the way up to one. We'll mix in a little bit of contender versus pretender in this. I think you've, you've as, brought up a couple of teams that we have to deliberate a little bit. Are they contender or are they pretender? I Funked think, up is one of those teams. We got to kind of we I can go back and forth on that game. one. So yeah, let's start. Who do you who do you think right now is the twelfth place team in the league? Who 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 falls into the yeah, into who, the bottom four who, that no, might no, be not in falls the, in the bottom four? The bottom four we've identified. Okay, 13 okay. Through 16. Who do you feel is the twelfth best team in the league right now? As it stands, looking at this one through twelve on Jake's. Let's, I, I know I'm, I'm putting gonna, you on the spot. No, it's okay. Spot. We're going to go back and forth. Pull up, I'm going to pull something up here. We're going to pull up Stitches roster here, okay? Let's take a look at 108 Stitches. Ooh, internet. What's going on here? You need Stitches roster? I might have to. Uh, yeah, we got it right here. Are you leaning Stitches at 12? This is a... This is a so I think, you know, you got funked up and you got... You know, stitches would be a couple that I would I would put to you. Is this a contender or is this a pretender right here? I think I think that stitches is a contender. You know, if you if you look at his offense, um, I think he's a contender to win the side pots. He's he's always <laughs> he's always in on the side pots, guys. Yeah, he's definitely going to. And this is literally, guys. This is how he managed his team in twenty twenty two. Was like to win those side pots, and he was successful in like what one or two of them. And he, I think he won more than. I know he won. How two. many did he win? Yeah, he won two and, for sure. But I think he was like. In and where did he finish in the standings last year? Ten. Yeah, he's he's always a contender. He's he's always a competitor in the league. I'm I'm gonna disagree with you on there. I do feel like he's better than the 12th best team in the league right now, but I don't think he's a contender as his roster is currently constructed. I think he's, he's got some depth. He's got Estrada, Brian Hayes, Jake Fraley. Go down. Who else is on the bench right now? Leody Tavares, who almost drafted that guy. He's on the IL. Uh-oh. So here's my, here's my opinion on Stitches. This is a solid team. He's got a, he's got a really good... He's slotted Winker in left field now. Is he going to run him out there in left field now? That's his starting left fielder. Well, you know, I mean, it's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying... It's good sleeper appeal. Absolutely. I mean, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it necessarily. But, you know, I think we're going back to the, the uh, hope were there you know you hope that he has a lot of stats but last year was it was it was pretty ugly i actually traded stitches for jesse winker last year um while he was trying to win one of the side pots he wanted jorge mateo to steal some bases and and (laughs) and let me have jesse winker so i held on to winker as a potential keeper for 2023 he just kind of continued to just kind of diminish throughout the season so, so as we go through the power rankings, remember, guys, listen to the podcast. Give us double thumbs up, double thumbs down, whatever. Give us a reaction. But please don't, don't take it personal if if we get your team assessed lower than than you'd like. It's these are just opinions, and we all have them. Um. So, so you're covering stitches at twelve, but you're saying he's a contender. So, so as we no 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 we'll, he's I'm saying he he finishes above twelve. So okay, let's so look at we don't let's take a look at Redbird. Let's take a look at Redbird. Let's team. not take a look at these teams, Jay. I want you to. I'm putting you on the spot. I want you to tell me. We don't have enough time to dissect every team. I want you to tell me after the aforementioned four, who do you feel like is the twelfth best team in the league right now? I'm putting you on the spot, buddy. 
pull up the power rankings again. Let's see here. Uh, oh man, guys, this is tough. This is really tough, man. You've got, you know, Hitman is ninth in the power rankings. He's got a pretty loaded roster. He does. I, I don't think he's, he's gonna finish twelfth in the league. You've got Stitches and Redbird right there at <clears throat> 10 and 11 in the power rankings. And when I look at Redbird, and I'm sorry, but I just have to, it's, you know, you, I, I just look at the makeup of the team. You got... Sean Murphy, Andrew Vaughn, Nolan Gorman, Rendon. He's got a lot of questionables on Jeremy offense. Pena. The outfield starts to look really good. Oh, you got a Rosarena, Tyler O'Neill, Acuna, Eloy Menez. His um, pitching's loaded. Yeah, so I can't say that this guy's going to finish 12th in the league, so I, I got to go to Pale Skins. I'm sorry, George. Okay. He's done. He okay. he did a lot of good work in the draft, though, and and he's got Aaron Judge and and Mookie. George, Betts if you're listening, please accept my trade offer. Aaron <laughs> Nola, Jeffrey Springs, Pablo Lopez, Alexis Diaz, Barlow. I I got I I think that the pitching starts to disintegrate a little bit as you move down. So I I, I gotta I gotta go with Paleskins. I'm so sorry. That's okay. That's all right. I think that There's, Stitches and Redbird really beat hard. him out. I think I think they beat him out this when I'm looking at really the offenses. Hard. Look, I, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, there's one team I would have put to all, but the, that's not the point of this exercise, to go tick for tack. So now I'm on the spot with who I think is going to finish 11. Or I, I take it back. It's who I think is the 11th best team right now. It's not who I think is going to finish 11. So remember that, guys. It's fucked up, okay? This manager has showed no consistency in the four years I've been in this league. He's always had a wealth of talent offensively. He drafts in his own way. He He's kind of a homer. He, picked, he likes to pick his guys for sure. But when I look at his offense, he has talent, but there's no... Define, like, I'm going for these categories, or I'm going for these categories... And his pitching is so short. This is the team where he's going to start with like five or six starters. And two weeks from now, three of them are going to be injured. And he's not going to be setting his lineup every single day. He'll be setting his lineup like every other day and putting his lineup in for the next day that day. That kills you down the stretch run. I'm sorry, I gotta dog this guy. You gotta I, be I, adaptable when it comes to that. You do. You've you've got to make some spot starts. You gotta compete for pitching, or you're not gonna win week in and week out. This is true. I think hitting, he's got a lineup that he can set, and I don't want to say set it and forget it because he's got a little bit of interplay with. He's got Alejandro Kirk and Adley Rushman. So yeah, Kirk is a great DH. You know, and honestly, I'd probably have Kirk in there um, overrouted to Les at this point, you know, um, in in my utility spot. But that that's a tough call. See, this is where I vehemently disagree with the power. I can have him way up at what, second or third? Yeah, he's like third. There, no. Sorry, Ahab is. Man, don't take it personal, but man, <laughs> he is dogging on you. Yeah, I, I think that... Show me, Con- show me something. Contender, prove me wrong. I, I, prove me wrong. I think that he's a pretender at this point and not a contender. And it's there are some, but he could prove us all wrong. Max Muncie could have an amazing season. O'Neill Cruz could have a decent batting average, but I don't think he's going to. I think he's going to struggle. He's going to go through a lot this year. God, that's one hell of a player. He is. There's a lot of potential there, but, you know, what did he bat around 200 last year? I mean, so that for me is, okay, 233. I'm sorry. I thought it was actually worse than that. But so he's got a little bit of a hill to climb there. Let's make this a little The results have to be there. More rapid fire. We want to wrap this show up here in a little bit. Um, so we're just going to kind of combine contender versus pretender and the rest of these. Because I feel like anybody from here forth uh, 
anybody in this league has a legit chance to win because in-season management, I want to point out Jake's text the other day. He said he made a very good point. This this league, to win this league, you've got to have this, a good combination of four things. Good keepers, a good draft, good in-season management, and good luck. Yep. <laughs> totally agree. I, I absolutely agree with that. And so as we go through these next 10 teams, like – Anybody could win this in the end if they have the perfect combination of the four. So I want to I wanna kind of identify some teams here. Um, let me pull up the lead page. All right. I'm going to do my best color right. commentator for this part. I'm going to try to just rapid fire. Jason's so much better at me than that. So, just an okay. overthinker, okay? So let me give you... Um, all right. Let's talk about... This is how I do it. I'm going to take one look at that roster, and I'm going to tell you, you know, in three oh, to five shoot. seconds, I, I guess. Mistake. What have Who you done? Who did I identify as the bottom four? I said backcountry, shirtless run, run Gantt. Isotopes. Oh, gosh. Well, I think Pokes is in the bottom four. He is in the power rankings. Okay, okay, cool. That then we've, I, that we've seen, that we've right. visualized. I, I just want to make sure I didn't do a disservice. Like, um, okay, so I'm going to give you a team. You told me contender or pretender, and in 30 seconds or less, why? Okay. And then you can come back at me, and we'll do this for a couple. Got it. All right? Kick and dirt. Okay. I just this is how I do it, guys. I'm going right down the roster here: William Contreras, Christian Walker, Jonathan India, Eugenio Suarez, Bo Bichette, Chris Bryant, Michael Harris, Whit Merrifield, Will Myers, Ooh, J.D. Martinez, Bryson Stott, Seth Brown. This guy, Jordan Walker, this guy's a contender. He is every single year, and once again, he is again this year. He's got so much talent. On his offense. So then it seems let's like go to the pitching. Fran Rivaldez, Robbie Ray. Uh, great draft pick with Robbie Ray, I, I have to say. Yeah, Haters. Helsley. Bednar. Fairbanks. The guy is an outright contender. I don't think there's any question about him. Okay. Okay. Grayson Rodriguez, who's going to come up soon. Oh, he is. He'll be up soon. Yeah. I have to agree with you. I, I think kicking dirt to contender as well. Um. Okay. Okay. Who do you want me to answer? One hundred eight stitches, contender or pretender? God, you're gonna freaking put me on the spot. Yeah, like I have that. to. Look, he's right there. You know, he's right there in the middle, in the in the middle of the pack. Where, so, where does he fall? Where does he land? Okay, so Jeff, I'm sorry. I feel like as a stance right now, you're a pretender. That doesn't mean you can't be a contender and you can't win the league. Uh, but I feel like I feel like your team is a mixed bag of good players. Um, when I look at your a lot team, of good I'm players. trying to pull it up right now. So, so you took CJ Crone from me for a third, which does improve your first base. But if you look at CJ Crone away from Coors Field, he's he's a pothole. Like, his OPS is sub-700. Um, and then you have I Luis Arias as second base. I love Luis Arias, but he's like a two-trick pony. Um, so as I look through your roster, I'm looking, where are you going to get your five-category stud player? It's Juan Soto, obviously. You are Juan Soto or bust. But Xander Bogarts is... An amazing player. So you have the potential to be a contender. But I think you're going to have to hit on some of these picks. So it's to be determined. For me, you're putting me on the spot. You're a pretender now because I have a lot of questions about a lot more of your lineup than, say, the lineup we just went over with Kick and Nerd. Like, I'll tell you right right off the bat. Like, is C.A.J. Carlton going to be a better hit on the road? Can Luis Arias, at the very least, sustain what he did in Minnesota and Miami? That's a spacious park. I have my questions about that. 
Gunnar Henderson, is he going to have a sophomore slump? Jesse Winker, is he going to hit above 200? Is he going to be the guy that more like the guy in Cincinnati or more like the guy the last couple of years? Is Jazz Chisholm all hype and no show or has he got some substance and some health? You know, those are the things when I look at a contender versus a pretender, there's too many question marks. They have the whole season just change it. But right now, Stitches, I'm sorry, you're a pretender. You want to give me one more? Oh, yeah, we'll do one more. All right, Jay. Let's go. Jay, I'm going to give you... I'm going to give you my team. Let's just look your team up and down here. Right off the bat, Gabriel Moreno at catcher. Guy's got to get, <clears throat> guy's got to get at bats. I I hope he does. I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna hit three hundred. You know, so um, you get some good at bats. That's that's gonna be good for you. Pasquantino, Cattell Marte. You're gonna take the Cattell Marte trip and and see where where it lands. Bregman, Adams, Verdugo. Julio Rodriguez, Giancarlo Stanton, Shohei Otani. We go down to the pitching. Christian Javier, Blake Snell, Chris Bassett, Brian Abreu, Joe Jimenez, Brash, Stroman, Kodai Senga, Eflin. Cutters right now. I think you're a pretender. I think you've got some 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 spots that you've got to fill here. Now you've got Mitch Haniger waiting in the wings, but you don't have a spot for him. Are you gonna sit Giancarlo Stanton? When he's hurt, that would surely. Have so the bench. You, you made a trade for Alberto Mondesi. I saw that recently. Uh, which Need I thought a was speed from a bench, I, and you know what? He's going to pick up second base eligibility. I was talking to Backcountry about this. If he give me ten steals this year, he's worth that trade. I thought it was smart. I, I thought it was a smart trade, and I do think that you need a little backup for Marte and 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 Willie Adamas. I just think that you and and when I looked at it before, I I felt like you had a star-studded lineup, but. I'm seeing some chinks in the chain here. Yeah. I think that you could get significantly better on offense through a series of trades, which I'm sure you'll, you know. In you, season management. You will, yes, the, yeah, you, you will uh, up and down, and you will probably eventually get to the point where now, but I will say, and I, I don't know if I said this on the first one, but I feel like the series of moves that you have made, though, that you have gotten better each time, and I have to commend you for that. I think that, like all the uh, off-season, preseason moves that you made, I think that you have continued to get better and better. And I have confidence in your ability to continue to do that. But I'm going to say right now, you're a pretender. You finish outside the top eight, my friend. Hey, I, I really do appreciate your honesty, and it's okay. My feelings aren't hurt. I was 11th place last year. I'm feeling pretty good you about have my gotten better, prospects. I think. It's a long season. All right. Can I give you one more? Absolutely. Am I going to give you one more? Give me one more. I feel like you've shared your thoughts on some of these teams already, maybe a little bit. But I got to go. I got to go with Cajun. I got to go with Cajun. Contender or pretender? A lot of big names in this roster. So this is a very easy one for me. Um, I'll say this. Cajun is a contender. I actually feel like Cajun is my dark horse pick to win the whole thing this year. Um, I think differently of this team and this manager today than I did a year ago. If you look at his roster, I'm pulling them up right now. Sorry, guys. I, just, I had to make another move. These guys are finally hitting the IL. Ah. Mine aren't. <laughs> um, I'm looking at Luis Severino here, guys. Mine aren't. What have you done? Johan Oviedo. 
So red alert. Wrapping this up. This team has Goldschmidt, Arenado, Correa, Buxton, Yelich, Riley Green. This team is solid from top to bottom. And their pitching is solid too. So I feel like this team is going to win this division and is a dark horse to win the whole league. But you know what? It's opening day. These predictions, we're going to turn around and laugh at them in a month. So I... I think it's bold enough of a I, prediction. I, I mean, so. I don't. It's not a shock to hear you say that. He's got a really good roster. Any anything else you want to say before we wrap this this ship up, Jay? Oh man, I don't think so. I think we gotta. <clears throat> I think we gotta convene again in two to three weeks when we've had a few matchups, and see where we are. Maybe a month. See where the standings are. Maybe a yeah. month. I, I'm hoping we can do this every two weeks. Might be hard. It's going to be hard, but I'm hoping that we can find a way to do this every couple of weeks. Well, guys, I think there's a demand. There is a demand. So please listen, guys. It's been fun. This is Jason. I'm Jay. We are the Fantasy Baseball Advocates signing off. Good luck. And be well.